Welcome, listeners, to the hills of Appalachia. This week, I am the king of cryptids, and I will be your guide tonight. We are gathering together in these haunted hills as a fitting backdrop to this spooky episode. Right now, the sun is waning in the sky, the air is crisp, and there's a hint of frost. Feels very autumn. What will happen as the sun sets and the darkness begins to surround us? Who can say? Perhaps we can expect some unexplained visitations. This ethereal evening will be dedicated to discussing Higurashi when they cry. Today, we're going to be focusing on the first season. Maybe we will derive some answers from its mysteries. And joining me on this mystery is none other than El Chupacabra Ed. What's going on, Ed? I like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. And of course, joining me as well is Gremlin Gizmo himself. Hello. Don't feed me after midnight. Don't do it, for the love of God. And of course, all the way up in the mountains, it's Mothman Mike. Hello, this is Mothman Mike coming to tell you that this episode will be a disaster. Ooh. <laughs> it's say I'm Mike, actually. <laughs> well, I, apparently Mothman always appears just before some sort of disaster happens. Oh, okay. And so actually Mothman visited him, him, the city I currently live in, back when there was a massive plastics fire in the 1990s. So that's actually... Uh, Mothman, he he travels all the way up here. So anyway, shout out to Mothman. Thanks for coming by. I love it. And thanks for joining us for our Halloween special episode that we're doing today. Uh, How's everybody doing? Are we we getting, is everybody getting ready for spooky season? It's a couple days away. It's it's spooky season. Super ready. Oh. Excellent. I don't know what Halloween is, so so I'm... Yes, as we know, we don't believe in Halloween in German. <laughs> yeah, Germans don't believe in it. So shame on you guys. Um, right right that, now, we talked the question of the week. Time, right? What's your favorite? Yeah, <laughs> you drink in October. You don't oh, eat. oh wait, yeah, that's actually that's cooler now that I King, think about it. What were we thinking? We should have just based everything around that. Damn it. <laughs> we should have done an Oktoberfest. You know, throw yeah, throw all this the scary. Yeah, throw all this scary crap out. Is there a beer-themed anime? I don't know. There must be. I, like beer brewing or something? There, like a shonen beer brewing? Yeah. There's totally, <laughs> there's totally a Dojinshi series where it's a person basically uh, like going to different craft breweries in Japan and like basically doing reviews in the style of like an anime character. Anyways. Um, no, that would, that would be dope. All right, well, question of the week. And Gizmo has to participate, too, is what's your favorite Halloween treat? Um, I'll start to give an example for Mr. Non-Halloween. I th- This time of year, you can get uh, you can start to get pumpkin-flavored everything. And I just had pumpkin muffins that were out of this world. So I'm going with, with pumpkin muffins. What about Mike? What about you? Not candy corn, but the stuff that's like candy corn. But there's like, uh, there's like the little pumpkin... And yes. the, uh, yeah, and like uh, there's like different like little bats and stuff like that, but they're, they're like sometimes it's like toffee or fudge or other things. Like I don't know how to describe them, but those things. No, totally, those things are delicious. Ed, what are we what are we feeling for Halloween treats? Either pumpkin pie because it's that time of the season, which is super good. Mm. Or for some reason during this time of season, mm. I like the they're like candied apple lollipops. If you know what I'm talking about, they're like caramel apple lollipops. Ooh. They're one of my favorites. Yeah, those sound fucking great. All right, Gizmo. 
Let's hear it. Okay, so the spookiest candy I can think of is uh, licorice because that stuff is disgusting. <laughs> but it definitely spook me away, so I guess I picked that one. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, I love that. Well, there we go. That sounds good. And before we get into all the festivities for today, let me just hit you with the links and announcements real quick. Once you go to links.animesummit.net, there you're going to find early access to all of our ep- – or you, there you're going to get access to all of the good content that we're creating. You get to check out Anime Summit, Anime Plummet. Um, that will also connect you to the Patreon. If you donate some money, you're going to get early access to everybody's episodes of the network, including bonus content for patrons. So please go check that out. And with announcements for today – uh, I want to dedicate this episode to a friend of ours on the Discord at Anime Summit. His name is Eins. Eins is a big fan of Higurashi. Um, this one's for you, baby. He is a master of horror, somebody I always talk to, a dear friend. So, buddy, this one's for you. Um, now he's going to be like, well, now you guys got to go watch all seven other seasons of this show. <laughs> the games and yeah you gotta play the games and read the manga that's not for sale and like all this crazy bullshit but uh buddy this one's this one's all for you and a special shout out there's a listener out there who apparently recently gave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts which is just awesome to see so whoever you are listening thank you so much and i do want to say one thing you guys want to help us out without giving us any money wherever you listen on uh, like us on it or or thumbs up it or subscribe to it, whatever platform you are that helps us or follow us, whatever it is. It's a huge help to the podcast. Costs you guys nothing. We'd appreciate it. Um, and with that, let's start up a nice fire for this episode. Oh, yeah. I thought for a second when you mentioned uh, it's dedicated to, to a Discord uh, that you uh, would mention Kai again because it's a meme. Shout out to Kai. Well, that's that's thing. And so anyways. God is a lolly.com. God is a lolly.com. Oh, man, this is this is the show for lol. I mean, wait, hold on. What? Anyways. Do you guys hear that? What the fuck is that? Adios, Mio, que Who's walking over here? Que es ese sonido? Fuck, guys. Oh, no. I know what that is. <laughs> Ew, who's walking over here? What the hell is that? Que es eso? This is oh, the ghost. No. no. Summing his war herd of craven goatmen and hybrids, filthy things of unholy matrimony of devil worshipping witches and wild beast wandering devils. Guys, 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 look, let, let me shine my flashlight over there. Look, it's just cows. It. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Oh, okay. Ah. Who's keeping cows here? It's just like a woods. <laughs> Come on, you're running a recording. Well, moo to you too. This is why I didn't want to do this camping, guys. Anyways, let's get into Higurashi. And then that's when I told her she smelled like a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, does does it know or doesn't he? (laughs) He doesn't know. Apparently, I don't know, so we're good. You would know. That that whole lore thing is confusing as hell. Dude, it's it's dumb as hell. Okay, here we go. People die. <laughs> when Quiet they cry. Sec. 
Higurashi, When They Cry, came out in summer of 2006. It's based on the 2002 Japanese murder mystery Dojin Soft visual novel series. Good Lord, that was a mouthful. Produced by 7th Expansion, um, and the studio was Studio Dean that created it. Here's King little has actually synopsis. committed to uh, doing an entire Let's Play on the server, so just look out yep. for that. He's going to record <laughs> it and then uh, stream it, and you guys can watch a YouTube VOD later. Because he oh, loves, man. especially loves the OG art. Anyways, carry on. Sorry, King. Oh my gosh. Those little alien heads. <laughs> We're going to get into it. Hold on. All right. After moving into the quiet town of Hinamizawa, Maibara Kaichi spends his days blissfully in school, often playing games with his local friends. However, appearances can be deceiving. One fateful day, day, Keiichi stumbles upon news of a murder that had occurred in Hinamizawa. From this point on, horrific events unfold in front of Keiichi, as he soon learns his close friends may not be all what they seem. Based on the amateur mystery game by 7th Expansion, the story is told in a series of different scenarios. Uh, Once again, this was Studio Dean. Um, Our main characters that we're going to be talking about this whole time are Keiichi, Rika, who's got the purple hair, Rina, who's got the red hair, Mion, who's the twin, but that's the tomboy one, Shion, which is the twin, the girly one, and then Satoko, the blonde hair one. And just so you guys understand at home, this is not a... um, kind of like canonical show by any means they have four or five different arcs throughout the no wait we mm-hmm. got like six arcs throughout the entire season and it's kind of taking it's the same story that can play out different ways almost like a game so you can like choose your own adventure so that's how the anime is laid light out uh let's start off with this who watched the sub and who watched the dub l double baby I am also a team dub. I actually I watched partly dubbed and partly subbed because just sometimes um, I would watch it when I um, was eating dinner or something. And so I, then I always switch to dub because I don't want to look up all the time and to read the subs. But very, very brave of you to watch it while eating, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I did the same. Honestly, I did the same thing a couple of times too. And a couple of times I was like, mm, maybe not the best choice. Maybe not the. Um, not the best choice. A lot yeah, of the, 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 in the, show. the is not great. I, I want to say it's. That, that's <laughs> no, why it's just, um, I am shocked you guys watched it in dub. I I listened to like two minutes of it and it sounds atrocious to me. Like this is I this is sub all the way for sure. Right, this sounds Mike, very nostalgic to me. I don't know. What yeah, you're Mike. About. I was gonna say Mike. Mike and I are probably the only two that would understand. But if you're watching anime around that time, this is like the type of <laughs> dubs you would get. Just yeah. Period. <laughs> So, I wasn't watching dubs around this time, but certainly for like '90s dubs, like uh, which I'm sure you've seen, like everyone knows, notorious like ghost stories and stuff like that. Oh, like a legendary. Is, yeah, like this. This is very sort of typical. I think also my first time watching through this was like three years ago, maybe now, and uh, I think I watched the dub at the time because the dub was the only thing I could find easily. The sub is a little harder to to find because I think that the only available is a Blu-ray release from Sentai. I want to take a wild guess, but anyways. Yeah, we should let people know at home that this this show, the the very first um, season of everything, you can't find it on any streaming sources legally. It's, 
Is um, it not streaming? Because it says it's supposed to be on High Dive. It is not on High Dive. It, it was not on High Dive. Did anyone check Netflix? Netflix? I checked all the streaming services. I did not find it anywhere. So, so I don't know if the legal, it's up in legal air kind of thing or what. But, yeah. But they that's have that's what we all imported it from Japan, of course. Yes, yeah, that's so why we, we, we absolutely got legal methods to Thank you. totally watch I, I flew show. to Japan and I watched <laughs> it there. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And I, and I paid someone to the- translate it for me in real time. I, Sick, I hit dude, up my Japanese friend Makoto and he showed it to me. Thank you, Makoto. But I'm, I'm like usually I'm a top defender. Um, but I, I just think if if it's like cute girl voices, then it's it's always better in sub. I mean, it's Actually, just. I think the English the 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 Mipas, the English Mipas are pretty cute. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie here. I'm not gonna okay. say that. I, I feel like course, the sub would have been better if for the more serious like evil laugh type scenarios. Mm. Yeah, like when they, they snap. I feel like the sub scary. feels. Yeah, I feel like the sub takes the, the serious, like, I'm going to murder you parts or unhinged parts a lot more serious than the dub would. So, yeah. it, the, the the thing is, is the joking is the the dub, uh, where I, I say Rika, like the Mipas, she pulls it off pretty good. What she doesn't pull off super well that I think the Japanese voice actor does is when she kind of gets her sinister, serious voice, when she's sort of doing her... Mm-hmm. Like, it, you, you, there are certain... Oh, man, I got to be careful what I say. But, like, there are certain points where all of a sudden Rika's character, who usually talks very cutesy, will suddenly take on a serious voice, right? And that's very important for later on. But, like, yeah, that, that voice, the transition, the English voice actress uh, doesn't do much of a variance. But the Japanese one is, like, night and day. And so you can definitely be like, what the heck? It almost sounds like a different character. Well, it does. It sounds like yeah, a different yeah. character, right? On the Japanese I one. Must, so. I want to take a step back for a second, too, and just explain to folks at home who are just joining. You're like, this is an old anime. It's been around for a while. We're going to hold off on spoilers for just a couple minutes here. But... You should understand that this is a, you know, like we said, it's spooky season. This is a horror uh, themed anime. Um, it's one of the most famous ones. And, you know, ooh, spoiler, just in case you didn't know, there's a lot of child murder uh, and by children in this story. I don't think that's a huge spoiler. I think we get to it pretty quickly in episode yeah, one. So there so is some trigger warnings crazy. and that's a lot of, yeah, a lot of terrible things happen to. Right. So just know at home that all of these characters yeah, are capable of violence um, um, being uh, doing to others and being done to themselves, depending on the scenario of the set of episodes or arc yeah. that you're watching. But I mean, it's, it's no surprise really. The f- very first scene is someone bludgeoning to death like these characters. So yeah, they, the they kind bed, of. So. They kind of uh, like they kind of let you know ahead of time what's going on. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, with that, let's get into the technical side of things. Let's start off with we've been t- we kind of been talking about um, you know with the dub and sub how it sounded. Um, let's let's start there before we get to looks. Just round out sounding on everything. Uh, this is let me the, the one word that I opened with in my notes for episode one is oh I guess we're just gonna open up with a gushing scene. There's a there's somebody getting uh pulverized by a bat and it's just like ooh, it's just a nasty gushy sound so that was pretty visceral yeah i think the sound is fine although i mean it's not like the music really had outstanding pieces for me that i that i would remember but it's it was serviceable at least yeah the op the op if you listen to it too is 
it man is it a blast from the past because it's got this industrial like techno thing going on i'm thinking of the club scene in the matrix 2 which i think Mm -hmm. about way too much in my adult life for some reason (laughs) i I like the beginning like the first 10 seconds was a i think it's called polyphonic sounds like where they have multiple voices singing over each other that sounds really cool yeah 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 it's it definitely sets you up for something creepy but mike what about you man how what, what any comments on the sound or anything like that uh i really enjoyed i think they did a good job in their law their foley work and stuff like that it's very mm. the sounds the 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 cicadas everything definitely loves oh, the cicadas the, this lends itself to this uh very much uh like the, the this creepy atmosphere that the show continues to hold on to it like where sometimes you get a break from it but most of the time you're just it's it's definitely in the thriller territory um i love the opening uh like it is absolutely very moody and very well captures like what you're in store for which you're not even quite sure like are we talking chemicals? Are we talking diseases? Are we talking about, like, what are we talking Like, what is all this stuff going on here? We don't know. <laughs> and I think it does a good job of capturing that. And even the closing itself, like, I never felt myself feeling the need, even though it's Japanese singing English, uh, I never felt the need to kind of uh, uh, skip it. It does a very good job carrying that. Usually what almost every episode ends on some sort of melancholy note, uh, and it kind of holds that on to it. So, yeah. anyways, it's just, uh, it's interesting uh, stuff. Let's move. Anyone else have any thoughts they want to they wanna contribute? I, I just wanted to second the, um, throughout this entire anime, It's it takes place in June of 1983. So it's summertime uh, in this little mountain village. And you're constantly hearing the sound of cicadas everywhere, uh, which I'm sure we're going to end up, Michael edited in right here, maybe. And as someone who grew up in an area that had we we had, you know, every seven years, every 17 years, these like huge cicada swaths, it's deafening at times. And it's something that's really prevalent throughout the show. And I think it just kind of adds to the heightened aspect of like y'all are out there alone by yourself in this in this, uh, you know, unindustrialized town because cicadas will live in, in the woods and natural areas. So if there's like a lot of city stuff everywhere, they're not going to be there. So like it helps add to like, oh man, they're alone out there, those kids with whatever's going on, whatever the mystery behind of, of why these accidents keep happening. Um, I don't know with that. I, I think we should move into with how it looked, which let's uh, let's hear some opinions. Ed, I want to start with you, man. Um, yeah. What did you think of the style and look of the show? Um, it's very of the time. If you look at a lot of shows that came out around that time, that's, that's the, the same kind of like, not style exactly, but the same at the same in theory, this, everyone kind of looked that same style where it was like larger heads, buggier eyes. That was the more <laughs> prominent style for, for the times. Yeah. Very you also key had animation. Shows like like nod too, that, that were like yeah. that, mm-hmm. yeah, which also came from visual novels, right? I think yep. that was just the style of, of the visual novels that they try to pull to the anime. I mean, the art style and the, the character designs is one thing, but it's also, it looks very rough sometimes. So there's yeah, um, some of the a lot of off-model shit. Like um, <laughs> when when characters turn around, they, suddenly they look completely different. And 
So let's. It's not great. <laughs> so this was Studio Dean. Uh, Studio Dean, also notorious for uh, the, the the original, the OG Fate uh, Stay Night uh, season, which is not considered a very strong season, uh, but have done other things like they're 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 responsible for Konosuba and stuff like that. But if you ever see like Ooh. Konosuba, you see the fact that like like I wouldn't call Konosuba pretty per se. Uh, some of the animation is not bad, but you see, like, they have this tendency of doing this sort of melty style of animation, and it, this definitely comes through on this. I think actually both one of the strong and weak episodes is episode I think it's nineteen, which not to get into detail, but one of the characters it's it's sort of like a, a pivotal moment for one of the characters who basically spirals down into mental unwellness and everything else, and. Like there are times when they're animating the shit out of it, but still it looks, it looks messy. It looks ugly, and I think mm-hmm. that part of it was like running on a shoestring or whatever. Like it's just constraints. Yeah. And part of it was they were also trying to capture the fact that this this the author purposely did this visual novel in which very cutesy characters are put up front, uh, but it's meant to be this very ugly story, right? And so it's like, uh, it's almost like the characters are melting to reveal, like the sort of the the candy-coated heart of darkness, uh, to quote Wreck-It Ralph, I guess. Um, <laughs> I like I, that. I've one scene in mind where like the characters turn to the side and you see the profile of the face and the face suddenly is completely flat and there's like a little stubble that's the nose and otherwise it's just like a uh, <laughs> flat surface. It's, yeah. It looks so goofy. Oh, it's... <laughs> Oh, dude, there's a there elongated um, extremities is a huge problem with this show. Like mm-hmm. you'll you'll turn and their legs are like little noodles, or their <laughs> arms are like it's like their their arms are like wavy, like something wavy is going on. I'm like, that's not how an arm should like it shouldn't blow in the wind. <laughs> it, it, it's just there. There's a consistency issue with how they look. Sometimes they'll get it right when when characters are talking. And it seems fine and everything, but then, you know, they'll pan away or they'll change an angle and you're just like, God, this is so off model. So I have no problem saying, in my opinion, from all the, you know, we're coming up on a year here, folks, which is very exciting for us. But this is the ugliest show, in my opinion, that we have ever reviewed. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't things to like, like that I love about what we've seen, but there's some bad art in this first series. And I think they figure it out later down the road in, in later seasons and, and series that they create through this whole, uh, you know, IP and everything. And I think, I think a big part of it is the fact that like, like they, they are going over, they're going for substance over style. Like, uh, like, yeah. and whether you want to take it or not, this story's strength is the characters and the story that's being told. Like, that's, what's going to kind of hold you to it. You're not coming here for this, this this animation um i want to point out just it's interesting because the director of this was uh chiaki Kon and chiaki Kon, female uh female director not really much information is but recent things you might have seen uh responsible for the what's the, the yakuza that stays at home or whatever the case is I forget what the actual name of that is. Way uh, of the House Husband. Yeah, Way of the House Husband, which a lot of people complained about because that was like basically just like an animated manga, like it wasn't very. Yeah. But also things, yeah, things that looked at like Golden Time, she was responsible for a lot of uh, Precure and more recent Sailor Moon and stuff like that. So 
tends to focus on a lot of shoujo. Oh, she she hired Furu. Oh no, she did the storyboard. Okay, never mind. Um, a lot yeah, of. I, mean, I think it's a budget shoujo. issue, right? It's it's time yeah. and money. It's not really like yeah, creative so talent like, or anything. I, I just kind of wanted like because I want I was kind of curious looking through the staff, seeing if anything really popped out to me, but I don't for sure. Uh, anyways. Nice. At the end of the day, for me, it doesn't really matter what the show looks like. Like uh, animation will never trump like characters and story for me. So Ooh, I don't know. Shout, out, shout out to Sen, our good friend, who feels exactly <laughs> the <laughs> opposite. Would literally, be, <laughs> like in Higurashi style, stabbing uh, Gizmo with a kitchen knife as we speak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. Well, anything else anyone want to talk about the animation and such? Hey, did, what the hell? Someone what was that? Me? Okay, Sissel. Hey. What? That doesn't sound like. That doesn't sound like us. Oh no, not again. Hey. Oh no, guys! I know what this is. Those are the Skinwalkers. They imitate humans and try to get you to stop and acknowledge them, and then it gives you permission for them to take over and possess you, and they use you to get your loved ones. And oh my God! No, 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 guys! Ravens come into Appalachia, capable of re reproducing human sounds, and will often say "Hey" because humans will react to it. They learn from humans, but can also teach each other. So there's a whole bunch over there. Look. Oh, listen. Oh, yeah. That's literally that was just that raven up there. Come on. Wow. I know ravens can sound like this. That's kind of crazy. Huh. Well, anyways, back to Higurashi. Let's kick it over to our spoiler section now. We're going to be talking at this point. Uh, about things that if you have not seen the show, go check it out. Come back to us in a little bit. Or if you don't care, uh, this is that part where we're going to start to dive into the several different arcs. We'll be talking about uh, characters, who's killing who, who's going where. And why. <laughs> and why and all of this stuff. Okay, I think a great place to start because I don't want to go. I don't want to deep dive each and every single arc is. Uh, did we have a favorite arc uh, that you can point to? And maybe we'll just discuss it a little bit and then we'll jump to the next person. Let's kick it off with Gizmo. Um, if I had to choose, it would probably be the um, penultimate arc. I forgot what it's called. One second. Uh, the eye wow, opening big, arc. <laughs> there we go. That was a, I like that big word for a stupid podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> Because the arc was very eye-opening <laughs> for me, and there we go. the thing is, uh, it, the arcs all—they uh, all tie tie in together, right? And um, this one ties very he heavily into the um, Mion arc, uh, the cotton drifting arc, um, because we see the other side. We see Shion's perspective of that whole arc, right? And in the first one, we saw Keiichi's uh, perspective, which is. Yeah, uh, I think the second arc or whatever, and and kind of it shows that in this scenario, um, it, it looked Mion, like Mion was a crazy one. Uh, yeah, and now we find Killing out that everybody. it's actually Shion, and they they switch places. And in the in the drifting cotton arc, um, I uh, I was very sure that the, it was not how or cotton drifting arc. Sorry. You know, not the other way around. Uh, I was very sure that um, Mion and Shion that they switch places, right? That's very obvious that we get we are getting bamboozled yeah. here a little bit. At, fir at first, purposely, right? yeah. like because like, uh, Shion requests, uh, "Do you mind if I go as you?" Right to the school, basically, right? Uh, 
And so, yeah, I, um, all the time I was trying to figure out, okay, is this Fion right now that we're talking to, or is it Mion? And there are some scenes where it's pretty obvious that they switched places. There's like one scene where um, uh, quote-unquote Mion asked Keiji if uh, he knows uh, if he had seen uh, Tanaka-san and uh, the, the photographer and the nurse uh, going yeah. into the tool shed. And he was like, wait, didn't, didn't you ask me the same question yesterday? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. Um, I was <laughs> Maybe I was expecting a different answer if I ask again or something. And it's obvious, okay, they, they switched places. Yes. Um, but in, uh, other times I wasn't sure. And at the end of the arc, I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, maybe this story is not as complex as I had hoped it to be. Because I love this kind of mystery stuff, right? The diff different arcs working together, and it's kind of like a puzzle hunt. You, you, you're looking for the clues and try to puzzle everything together so it, it, it forms a, the big picture at the end. Uh, so I... I really like that in the in the eye-opening arc that we see the other side and that everything connects. And if you really paid attention, then you notice a lot of stuff that didn't quite make sense in the first arc. Yeah, I'm. It's so funny too. We started talking about this one. <laughs> I, I I don't know if anyone's favorite is the cotton drifting second arc, which would probably have been better uh, chronologically to start with. But like you said, just the flip of like, oh shit, we've already seen this arc different perspective i love a story yeah. like that i think that's a great yeah. um narrative model and tool that that authors can use um we also get a lot more information filled in about other characters that we had heard about earlier on in the show including um satoshi which is uh the, satoshi is uh, a main character's older brother it's um sakado's older brother and that's we little see Parker, her right? The little blonde girl, exactly, yeah, yeah. and the trap. I love her because she's the trap specialist, and I think that's really cute. Like she builds traps and traps people in them for fun or whatever at school. But um, Sotoko, throughout the the series at this point, has a missing brother that we were like, why did he go missing? Where is he? And this is the arc that introduces him and explains. A little bit of what, like, what happened to him, and I realized what we should have done before even jumping into what your favorite arc is, Gizmo, is explain that in each arc, just a, a, a general flow is we start off usually kind of happy. Things are looking cheery for the kids at school. We're having a good time with this group of friends. And then slowly but surely, one of them starts to question the group, question their friends and loyalty, and start to lose grip on reality and become more violent and more aggressive towards their friends, um, culminating in usually murders. Uh, <laughs> usually bloody murder at the end. <laughs> bloody murder. And, and it could be the whole group. It could be specific members. We don't know. It just depends on the arc that you're picking up on. Um, so I think we should have given that, that, that heads up before. And, and, and in this well, one, like we said, Xion and Mion are, are, well, it's really Xion is the one who's going crazy and losing control. Yeah. And we, and we see, I just want to tack on, cause one of the things I like to point out in this, we begin to realize that each arc is going from a character's perspective, but they're, they are what we call unreliable narrators. So what Keiichi assumes to be reality we discover that a lot of things are happening in the background that we, he doesn't understand. And it gets to a point where he thinks he commits a whole murder he actually doesn't commit. Right? And there's things going on with that. Same with Shion. Shion makes a lot of jumps to a lot of assumptions. 
which leads her to all the things that she does in her arc, right? Uh, the the like and really ends up being a whole tragedy. She even admits to herself, like in the final like moments, like you mean I there, I did this for no reason at all. Like it was all like there was no reason at all that you know. I how much do we spoil at this point? Do we spoil? We just go whole hog. The fact that she. I mean, you suppose it's a first season, of course. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, to... yeah, yeah. But she she kills her grandmother. She basically entraps her sister, right? She also kills the the town. The uh, what do you call it? The child, the chief of the, the town, basically. Or something? Yeah, it's the male or something. Yeah, anyways, know. right? Tortures him and eventually kills him. Ends up killing uh, the blonde girl, Psycho, right? Like, and so uh, or Psycho, Psycho. Sorry. Um, and then eventually leads to the death of her own sister as well. And then, you know, to wrap it all up, because I like, I'm not quite sure why she comes in, kills Keiji, right? In her own arc. So, and it was all on misunderstandings. Even when she realized it, she was like, well, I'm too deep in now. Right. So we get this. And so as, as we get further into the arcs, it's slowly starting to peel back the layers and say, oh, this is actually what is going on. Right. Uh, yeah. but but we see the fact that not everything is happening exactly the same every time. A hundred percent. And Mike, something that you just said that I want to touch upon too is the the idea of that. A lot of times, what happens is like one somebody kills one person, and then they're like, "Well, I'm already this far, and <laughs> I gotta like I already gotta cover my tracks on the next murder." Like, I'm to know. Yeah, it's it's or they just they're just like, well, yeah, I'm already in this deep and I'm already screwed on one murder. I might as well murder again to cover up that like and they just keep spiraling. And that's one of my favorite aspects of the show is the the feeling of spiraling out of control. There is one part that I thought was kind of funny, and that was with the um, when uh, the first murder that Rena commits in her in the final arc. Right. Is that the, 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 like, he was legitimately a bad person that was threatening his father, her father, basically. And it's like, when he commits it, all the friends are like, no, we will help you out. No worries. You know what I mean? Like, really, that yeah. one's just kind of like, okay, yeah. there's no problem. We're not. <laughs> well, this is, this, <laughs> no, it's funny. On that one. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because this is, um, this is a really tight knit group. They're like new, KHE's the new kid in town, but they're, they're really solid friends. And, we find we come to find out they're all fucked up in some certain way. Whether they come from yeah. broken homes or they they deal with too much pressure or they're psychopaths or something, I don't know. But they really rely on each other in every story, and and it always kind of ends similarly. Where if someone's about to get killed, they're like, like I'm still your best friend. Like I like I love you. I'm here for you. And then they get whacked anyways. No. Um, but but let's keep it let's keep it moving too to see to talk about other arcs and everything unless gizmo did you have anything else to say on this on on your favorite arc right here i mean all in all kind of ties together so i think we can move on to the next person yeah the only uh, gizmo the only thing i noted about this uh arc was the power of nipa is real (laughs) (laughs) nipa and and that's just the catchphrase of rika the little uh purple hero lolly who does that mean anything or is it just a cute noise that she makes it's, I believe, a cute lolly noise, but I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, let's kick it over to Ed. Did you have a favorite arc? Uh, I was going to say the same one as Gizmo, just because for, for the familial re- relations and whatnot. 
a lot of oh a hundred percent the switch that Xion or Mion was Xion the whole time as we talked yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, uh, you originally got that vibe in the beginning, but like Gizmo said, like to actually see what happened and stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's oh. also um, the. the at first, I, I wasn't quite sure how smart the story would be, and at that point, I was like, "Okay, it all it all makes sense somewhere, somehow, <laughs> potentially." Right. Like, like you could tell that the, the author was trying to thread everything together in some sort of way. Yeah. So exactly. they weren't just like half-assing like each arc, just trying to make something slightly. Because new. that's that's always the problem, right? When you set up mysteries um, that. Uh, pay off later way later on then a lot of the times in uh, in the earlier stages the story um seems kind of there's a lot of loose ends everywhere and it, it seems unfocused and 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 really not um super coherent um but it's it's so rewarding when 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 stuff like this pays off at the end so i yeah it gives you like the that, that kind of joy of like oh there we go that's what's yeah, going yeah, exactly. on yeah that's a good feeling i also want to point out just because we're bringing ed brought us back into this arc and let's go i wanted to highlight that this was a pretty violent arc uh when it comes to a lot of the other ones specifically i'm thinking of the torture of Xion by mm -hmm. the family when they find out um you know the so so man we should just call this podcast let's take a step back because that's all we ever fucking do on this show is we we start like going off and getting excited about shit and i'm like uh we have to take a step back um something to explain is uh some of the listeners might be like well why why does everybody keep murdering in this show like what's the deal with that i'm not gonna get too far into that but the main thing you have to understand is we keep getting into a scenario in June of 1983 built around what's called the Cotton Drifting Festival. And for like five years in this town, someone, several people have died every single year. They call it the curse of On, uh, Shima? Oni Oh Oyashiro? Oh, yeah, Shiro. Yeah. Hopefully, Ainz is, hopefully, Ainz is listening to me like, you guys are fucking this up, you idiots. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's, like, it's, curse. it's a minimum of yeah, one oh, death yeah, and one disappearance, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a death and a disappearance. So um, every arc deals around this festival for the most part. So someone's going to get got for the most part. Um, and it's, it's and, the proposal of the dam that would flood this whole village, basically. it's It, it didn't occur before that, but once the th village is threatened... By this development of the Dan, that's when the curse is quote unquote the curse starts happening, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, and it so starts off always... pretty simple, and then you peel back more and more layers, and you see, oh, it's all connected, and then you you see the backstory of the dam construction and how it all ties together. Exactly. The draw of the show. And all of these people in the village and all of these families had a, a role to play in that in that backdrop of like. Some people were for this uh, development project. Some were against. They pitted it against each other. Death ensues in certain circumstances. But every year, consistently, someone is dying. Someone is disappearing. Um, and in this, uh, Xion kind of falls into a predicament where she she and Keiichi went somewhere where they weren't supposed to go. It was like off limits by the town. And they're kind of targeted by the curse, which... I don't even know what the fuck the curse is at certain points, whether it's an active 
like entity, whether it's a family, whether it's like it's people or mystery or whatever. And that's what like hooks you the, about the, the, the show. There's misdirection everywhere. You always ask yourself, is the curse even real? Does do, do the people just imagine the curse? What's up with the with the virus that that Rena in the later arc discovers or not? It's, it's yeah. like what, it's what's real like, and what's not. It's all yeah, up in exactly. the air, kind of. Like, we know that there's some stuff. Like, there's definitely men in white outfits traveling around in white vans doing things. But mm-hmm. who's yeah. controlling that? Is that controlled by the family? Is that controlled by the Zonazaki family? Yeah, like, which are basically Yakuza family that, you know, that basically run the town, essentially, right? Did, like, did yeah, you guys ever ones? watch the movie Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, it reminds yeah, yeah. me of that where it's like, is it, is it, do you think the town, like the, there's like a secret cult in town that they run everything behind the scenes or something? And early on, this gets played like, yes, this is the case. It seems but we, like. But we kind of discover the fact that no, they just operate like normal Yakuza, which just happened to like, you know, uh, basically, but they, it's like the, 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 the time wasting arc, right? We get the child that's kidnapped. So the the, the Yakuza kidnapper? No, but for whatever reason, there's definitely like some sort of communication happening there because they're like, oh, we're satisfied. They can be released, right? Which they were going to release the boy, except they got saved by um, the two cops, right? Right. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So bringing it back just to the eye opening, just taking it out. This was a really violent one. Um, Shion goes through a lot of torture uh, uh, due to her sins in in that particular arc, and then she yeah, the fingernails. It, yeah, oh, the fingernail scene, which is very famous, um, having to rip off your fingernails. But then she flips it on the leaders of the village and her own family, and is using a taser on them. Is is stringing them up by the neck and like you know like just crazy wild shit throwing people down wells so this was this was a definitely hard-hitting arc for me personally so i get why you guys picked it um mike favorite arc um i probably would go with the the final arc um atonement atonement uh, so, so sumi horoboshi hen sorry well go ahead tell us what happens in this arc so we get more of a look at rena and what's going on with her and kind of like where these, uh, so we, we, we get to, which there were hints at the beginning, we get to understand the fact that she was originally from the village and part of the curse of uh, Orishia um, is the fact that when you leave, you want to come back. And if you try to, if you try to do something that's counterintuitive to the village, it will kill you or get rid of you or make you disappear, spirited away, sometimes they call it. So Rena moves out of the out of the village because her parents are moving and she starts having these dreams and starts getting acting out at school because she thinks the curse is coming basically is affecting her right and so her dad and her eventually move back and so once she gets kind of back she she is trying to basically you know kind of get back in with the well i say cool kids but the only kids really <laughs> it's a small village yeah. and but the whole while she's kind of like she's she's hanging out at the dump a lot we see and we discover the fact that the reason is is because um what's the term for these honey badgers no that's not the right term uh anyways her dad is hooked up with this woman 
that is basically a gold digger, a I guess. Yeah, a con person. Uh, the that's trying to get basically money out of them, like extortion style, uh, and works with another buddy that's not part of the Yakuza, but they're small time petty, like they do they do loan sharking and stuff like that. And basically, we come to discover that she had all of the stuff thrown out, which Rena had collected, and that's why Rena is spending so much time at the dump. Is basically she's trying to go back and find all the stuff she lost, including the the KFC Colonel. Uh, I forget what they keep calling him, but anyways, the, the you know because in Japan, Colonel Sanders from KFC from Kentucky Fried Chicken is very popular. And they oh, have yeah. these statues all over the place. And so Rena had one of these old statues from when the shop closed down and they tossed it out. And so she's trying to get it back. And we, we see how, like, we see this alluded to multiple times in the series. But we we come to discover the fact that, like, this is her place, becomes her place to hide. She has a Volkswagen Beetle she hides in sometimes. Um, and at one point, the honey badger or whatever con person comes and sort of basically says, hey, what's your problem? I'm going to marry your dad just to let you know. And they, they duke it out. And eventually, Rena kills her, right? And then she also knows the... She goes back to find out that the boyfriend of the con man that's into these petty crimes came over and... Oh, I know why I'm calling honey. It's because they the, the the con is called a badgering or badger or that's whatever they do. Yeah, yeah, and and basically he comes in and goes, "Hey, what are you doing, with my woman? You're gonna get in trouble. You don't want trouble. You're gonna pay me out, kind of thing, right?" I'm not quite sure. I don't fully understand it, but anyway, so she summons. She goes, "Hey, you're what's her name's girlfriend, right?" Well, she's looking for you. She's at the dump, and leads her there, and then proceeds to take a hatchet to him, basically, right? And then so she gets busy, cuts all these people up. They gather together, and they basically. Uh, the friends all come along and say, no, no problem, we'll help you out, we'll rebury them. They, they were surprisingly unfazed by what had happened. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, which, They're like, oh, it's so, fine, we're your friends. Because well, this is what I, of you. I, even, I even wrote down, I was like, this is the ride or die crew right here. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's, well, a th- here's a question. If I murdered someone, would you guys be down to cover my crimes? Of course. We would yeah, hide that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. These are my boys. <laughs> our, these are our, my boys. We'd be rolling in either Mexico or Canada, you know, avoid <laughs> the law what's that our motto in dark times is it do be like that sometimes yeah <laughs> I, I i think that's i think that's come like when you get suddenly have problems and it's uh you know lauren bobbitt and some rich person that we find dead on your lawn don't worry we're just like nothing happened i don't yeah, you could come to germany and hide in my basement if you want yeah like it's, it's hey fine. there we go like See, this this is, a, this is a time we live in you got to get a good group of friends out there, listeners. The, the, yeah. the, we we should all aspire to be like the Higurashi friend group, which is like, yeah. eh, so you had to murder some Brad because she was going to steal your dad's money. That's okay. You, get, you know what? Everybody gets a mulligan. So also, I like to point out the fact that this is the uncle of, oh my gosh, give her her name again. Uh, the blonde girl's name. Sadako. Uh, Sadako. Yeah, Sadako. Sadako and the, the other boy, they go missing. They kind of take over when their parents, who supposedly died because they supported the dam as part of the curse, right? So mm-hmm. it's interesting. And Sadako is like, bah. like she, she doesn't give two shits. Because like, her uncle, her, we find out her uncle was quite abusive towards her. So she's Very not following so. out. But Rena is becoming more and more paranoid as time is going on. Why is she coming? And she's scraping in her neck. 
which we see signs of this before. We see the fact that the photographer does happen to. We see it happens to Keiichi, right? What is going on here? What's causing that, right? And so there's speculation, the fact that this is, there's a whole bunch of, like, we get the, uh, foot, uh, not the photographer, the nurse that comes forward and says, listen, I'd be keeping track of all the, my ideas. And some yeah. of them are outlandish, but some of them are possibly truths, right? We don't know yet. The police kind of dismiss it anyways. And so now we're led to believe that this is actually some sort of bacteria or virus that's coming from the swamp, right? That may be affecting the people. Uh, yeah, causing, it, their, causing their rage, uh, causing them to escalate with violence, yeah, things like that. Like, because that's the whole – throughout every single arc – we don't know why people are high, like jumping to violence immediately. There's like a bajillion explanations at certain points. I, and and that's actually like, where, where I get one of my major questions. Uh, and I'm not sure if I just missed it or I, I or it's just simply not answered in the first season. So we kind of figure out in the later, I think it's, it's in the last arc that um, people that get injected, those are the people that, that like, um, Try to tear out their their neck, right? That they 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 think there are there are maggots in them in their neck, and they they kind of scratch at it until they die. Basically, that's what yeah. happened to Keiji in the first arc, and that's always what happens yeah, to that's, the that's what photographer. We're led, that's what we're led to believe. Yes, that's what we are led to believe. But um, and then I figured, okay, um, 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 in the first arc, Keiji got injected by uh, by Rena and Mion. And that's why he, he tore out his neck. But then in the last arc, we find out that uh, he actually just imagined that and that uh, Mion didn't have like uh, a syringe, uh, that she had a pen or something uh, similar. So he never got injected, but he still tore out his neck. And I was like, mm. what? Why? Mm. Mm. I can't answer that here right now, Gizmo. Okay, You'll have to it's not something I missed. It's something that no. gets explained later. Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is a huge franchise series for listeners at home that have – there's many seasons of this. There's reboots. There's manga. There's all this crazy shit that you can look into to understand the lore and like and everything. But that's something yeah, that that's, I don't think it explains right now. This is something that we'll come, we'll come back to in the future. There's hour-long YouTube videos – Dude, mm. I've watched. I watched this. Uh, shout out everything. actually to this YouTuber, uh, Mr. Hunteru. Go check him out on YouTube. He does like a. He's doing a chronological like breakdown series of the entire like all the media combined, and he seems like a cool cat. Maybe we, maybe I'll reach out to him and be like, "Hey, man, we're talking about Higurashi too, so let's link up or something." But Mr. Hunteru on YouTube does a oh, great dive and, into this. And stuff. another another major question. Um, when in the arc where Keiji kills Satoko's uncle, uh, he he like uh, digs a hole in the in the ground and he kills the uncle and then later the hole is gone and then the next yeah. day the uh, the body is gone the corpse. Yeah, I kind of mentioned. So we, we, obviously at this point Keiji's become unreliable. Like he's not he's thinking he's done things he hasn't done and like all this kind of stuff, right? But that's also also something that was not explained in season one, right? Um, you kind of get that, you kind of, like, it's just kind of assumed, because we now see how the uncle is actually killed. It was, because eventually they do find the body, and they're like, because they mentioned that in the first, the first episode, that he's not buried where Keiji buried him, he's buried somewhere off, and he's been chopped up, right? And so they, they mentioned that in the first arc. 
Okay. And that Keiichi's like, I'm going crazy. Like, what what's happening here? Right? And I'm so we now understand the fact that like, <laughs> we now understand the fact that Keiji is not understand he's starting to hallucinate. Why is he starting to yeah. hallucinate? Maybe it's got to do with the virus. I don't know, right? Like in the or they get curse more into the that. virus, whatever. So we we get the we under like basically from that small thing. We kind of understand the fact that KG is now hallucinating. That's all we get. This so okay. like everything he's seen, everything he knows from his first arc, we can't trust it, right? Yeah. And so, True. of course, yeah. now things are changing, and there's make they finally at the end they make reference because KG talks to Rika about the fact that this has happened before. This happened before. I thought I killed. The uncle. In fact, actually, I think it's in the, the one of the last two episodes they do this. And he he basically goes, I thought I killed him. Right? So that's so, finished. Out. It's not all unrelated timelines. It's all kind of part of one story. And uh, it's it? basically the same summer repeating itself over and over again. Right? But it's yeah, it's almost like a Groundhog Day seems to be happening. Yeah. Because Keiichi recognizes the fact that, wait a second, this is not the same way as it happened before. And I vaguely remember thinking I had killed the uncle. But it was like a previous time. Enrique kind of confirms what he's saying. So Rika knows something about it, right? But we're not we're not really given much to understand what it is. The one thing I wanted to do, it culminates into a big fight up on the school roof because Rena has fully gone full basically postal at this point. Uh, she's holding up the school for hostages and Keiichi and her have an epic battle with Hatchet and I forget what Keiichi has, like a shovel or bar or something like that. And they fight a up bat. on the, oh, it's a bat. it's the right. Satoshi's bat. Satoshi's bat, which comes into play multiple times, um, yeah. and basically they do this have this epic duel, and then and it kind of brings Rena back to her senses to a little bit, and we're kind of left it with that, you know, kind of laid out in front of us to move on to eventually the next season that would give us further more answers kind of thing exactly so that was, I just recounted the whole last arc for no good reason other than to say that yeah that was my favorite. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, I, I feel you on that. These are all great arcs. Um, let me, let me switch it over for a little bit. You know, we're in spooky month. Ooh, so spooky. It's um, spooky. The reason we review this uh, particular show is because it's horror themed, right? Um, it can be violent at times as well. And I'm curious, what did you guys think of that aspect of the show? Like, where was it? Was there were were there good horror qualities? Was it suspenseful? Anything like that? Um, Ed, what do you think, man? I think it went well. Um, like the whole spooky, like this time of year is a perfect time to watch Higurashi. Uh, it, it makes the the aspect of it the the whole any any like psychological thriller. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the Chaos Head series. Like those have a similar, um, like mental, uh, like break type of storylines, oh, which yeah. also they're, go they're, well. I think they're loosely related to like Steinskate and stuff like that. Yeah, because it, it's, it's like uh, yeah, but yeah, I think it it goes great. So it's perfect for Halloween. It's this is like yeah. a, I think this is a quintessential Halloween show, like anime. If you want to pop something on and get spooky, but what, what about you, Gizmo, Mike? Or like a paranoia I, agent too. 
Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, I I, I agree, Ed. It's very it's very suspenseful. The thriller aspect is very high. Like it's not like uh, you get some jump scares, but more just like you don't because no one is safe, right? Like literally, you see that no one is safe. You're just like, well, what's going to happen? What's going to? Who's doing this? What's going to? And it gets your gears, and you just want to watch. Like, and even though this was my second time watching it, I just I just consumed it so fast because I was just like, I gotta keep watching it. Anyway, yeah. Giz, go ahead. Did we lose Giz? Uh, sorry, I was a bit distracted. What was the question? <laughs> I think oh, the Giz. scariest He's... thing of all is Giz not paying attention. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, the, it, it, what did you think of the horror and, and violence and just spookiness aspect of this? Is this a good show for Halloween? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the horror aspect, it's... Um, the the cool thing about this show is, is, is uh, the contradiction between the Moe uh, parts of the show and the horror, right? And that's, that's where it gets spooky and that's where it gets, uh, like when, when they, when the face is distort and they go all crazy. And, um, so I definitely think it's, it's a cool show for, um, for, uh, for Halloween season. Um, but I mean, anime is never really spooky for me that's that's the thing and it can get gory and that's like oh no and you can see like the, the fingernail scene was was very Disturbing. tough to watch because you, you can imagine what that feels like when it happens oh. to you. so it's ah but it's never it's never really spooky so i don't know i think if you really want to be spooked then anime is probably not the thing to do on halloween i get and I do get that because I watch a lot of horror themed things as I've talked about over many, many podcasts. But uh, this one hits uh, this, this one hits certain points for me that I feel like make it perfect for, for Halloween. I'm thinking specifically of the, the one thing they always fall back on is Keiichi will ask one of the girls about the, the, ta- the history of the town of Hina, uh, Hinamizawa. Um, the history of a townsperson and the, that girl will get super, super intense and serious and they'll go dead eyed and they'll be like, you shouldn't be asking about that or don't let other people hear you say something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like they get so serious and deadpan. It's like, oh, fuck, something's going on here. So I, I love that. Uh, I think of um, mommy from rent a girlfriend when she goes super serious dead eye like i just love that trope i love that thing that they pull on yeah but it's also a bit goofy i don't know I oh no, yeah 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 the yeah distorted faces it's always always like ah what, what, what's what's going on here it's not really it's not really scary for me it just looks silly <laughs> i don't yeah, know yeah if any i would say if anything the mystery of what is going on like what is causing these kids and townspeople to be violent what is what what is the downfall of this town there's a lot of different theories in this first season that you'll find out more about in later seasons or or readings or videos or whatever way you consume this but just it brings you back to the mystery of like what the fuck is going on this is a weird town and it's getting violent and i don't understand what is going on but is this show finished at at some point or is it like a never never ending mystery because I, I know that there's uh, there, it came out a, another season two years ago or something and yeah they could which is the yeah. one that King watched uh, that kind of launched this whole thing 
Yeah. <laughs> Once again, Actually, shout I'll... out to shout out to listener Eins for for requesting this one. I he and I have been talking over a bit, and I accidentally watched a reboot slash new season of of Higurashi, thinking it was the original. It was Higurashi Go, which if you understand and know about the story and the 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 whole series that's a horrible place to start because i totally spoiled myself like it was supposed to be a reboot but you realize they they put in a lot of things that explain what's going on in those first couple episodes so i know what the hell is going on and i've also watched and consumed a lot of different is it like the the evangelion reboots maybe that it's kind of a reboot but also kind of a sequel yeah exactly it's it's that kind Mm. of thing but understanding the fact that like we keep reliving the summer over and over again, right? That doesn't really stop. And so, yeah. but they, they yeah. do uh, at the end of, there's basically three seasons with a bunch of OAVs thrown in there that basically you could watch that whole thing and get a concise answer and be done. Okay. Yeah. That, so that would be my question. If I wanted to and I'm not sure what exactly they're looking at. I never looked the word these guys are going they're just filling more out from the visual novels than mm. or adding on their own thing to these to this stuff but there is you can get a decisive answer if you watch the end of ray i want to say is the third season but i'm not i can't quite remember yeah because, if you watch the og of, run i think you can get those answers and the new the new reboot will fill those answers in quicker i got, I got the feeling that the first season definitely has it has good planning and there's like everything connects into each other and at the end of the season i kind of get the whole picture at least for that part of the story yeah um but it doesn't seem like a franchise that you could just continue on and on and on and just add more stuff to it 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 feels like something that has to be round at a certain point otherwise you're gonna see like ray the season of ray is like seven episodes like it doesn't it doesn't it does not keep doing 26 episodes okay yeah which is good and and i realize i i gotta start doing this on at the top of the hour whenever we talk about shows like this i know listeners at home we sound completely scatterbrained and all over the fucking place but that's what kind of show this is actually what kind of show this is it constantly keeps rebooting from the start of a certain time period it plays out different depending on the scenario so that's why we sound so fucking crazy and all over the place and well i'm not gonna also lie we're watching just scatterbrained it. ourselves yeah. <laughs> yeah also yeah i'm you know me i mean i'm all over the place all over every time anyways and but, the but, chronology is all over the place in the series in the first place it's like you, you see stuff that happens at a certain point and then in the later arc you see stuff that happens before that first arc and then we jump back into the future again so it's it's par for the course i think Mm-hmm. exactly so that's why we sound so crazy today um let's start to wrap things up here a little bit before we give any ratings i want to go around the horn and ask for everybody's favorite character um uh, let me go uh, i'll take this one first just real quick uh after you know the main group after watching everything i gotta go with my gal reina um and that's just because by the end by that last arc she is so bananas like this chick is fucking crazy. She's wielding the giant machete knife the whole series, um, I, and I just I I think her and I like I ship her and Keiichi the most the the main character. Which also another fun little thing for the people at home. Some of the arcs like touch a little bit on relationship stuff, and maybe he'll ship. Maybe this week we'll go with Reina. Maybe next week we'll go with Mion or Shion. 
it doesn't really matter it just depends on the scenario but reyna is my favorite gal because she's a crazy banana wild gal so let's go reyna and she also has the cute little sailor hat which is fun so that's always a good time <laughs> gizmo what about you favorite character um it's tough to say i think i think i would probably go with Shion just because i liked her arc and uh she she has that dedication she she loves satoshi and she does crazy shit to to bring him back or to avenge him and uh, and um yeah, I don't know that that whole situation, and I, I I like the gimmick with the two twins that we always have to figure out who's who and who are we talking to right now. And also, oh. she's she's the hottest. Gizmo <laughs> <laughs> and I finally agreeing on somebody. Mark your there calendars. There we go. Ed, Ed, speak to it. T- tell us why. Yeah, she she was just uh, especially the last thing that Gizmo said. But all in all, she she was also a super interesting <laughs> character. With her yeah. her whole dynamic and whatnot, I I enjoyed it. She goes, yeah, Shion goes crazy in some of those arcs too, and really steals the spotlight from everybody, and is like she's she's an example of well, I'm this far deep, I might as well go commit more crimes, kind of thing. You're like, God damn, bitch! Like you, fuck, damn, go on, girl, get it. Can you go? How low can How low you go? Can you go? That's right, um, Mike. What about you, man? Favorite character? Let's go, Rika, best character of the show. That's right, Lolly Love all the way down. I can't I can't even go into all the reasons, but let me tell you, she is the best. Yeah, if you yeah, stick more with it. Check, check, check her out for sure. Um when she would do her deep voice of like No Gizmo. You can't talk to this about anybody. You don't understand. You're like, what the fuck? You're a little what? girl. Whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and this, I, I always say, I've said this on other podcasts before, um, and I love speaking about horror. There is something fucking creepy about kids. There is something, <laughs> like, it's, I, I think and, back to she, Stephen King's creepiest. Pet Cemetery, and those kids are fucking creepy in that story. I, I don't, man, kids just creep me the fuck out, and these kids are really, really disturbing at times. Yeah. I, the, the part where, she is encountering Shion, and she's basically like, "You're right. Maybe in this this uh, I forget the exact word she uses, but she she basically says, I may have lost it in this one.' Like as if referring to the fact that you kind of get the idea. It's like, oh, this is not just one single timeline. This is multiple timelines. And then she proceeds to start. She puts braces the freaking knife against the wall and starts stabbing herself in the head with it. Oh yeah, Jesus and, Christ! And, I like it. Like that's pretty. Like and and you get you get a preview of that at the beginning of the arc, right? So it's and it's, that's uh, also after she got injected by Shion, right? I think so. So she kind of knows yeah, that she's fucked because <laughs> the the virus makes people kill themselves, and so she's like, okay, I'm ending it now, and yeah. smacks her hand against the knife. Oh, there's so many brutal, just so much brutal violence throughout this. Uh, Let's let's take it out of here, boys. Let's give some ratings real quick. I am very interested to hear what you guys thought of this. I am sorry. I just want to give a heads up too. The Mal score for this first season is a seven point eight. I came in which is pretty high at, for Mal. Which is pretty high, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the things wrong with it that we talked about. But for me, I'm giving this seven 
Colonel Sanders statues out of 10. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Um, I've, I'm familiar with this series, so this is not my first time. This was fun to go back and watch the original. Shout out, Mr. Ains, to you. I did this for you. Appreciate it. Love us. Send us comments about it. Where did we fuck up? All of these things. And we'll read it on the podcast, of course, as always. But uh, this is a fun one for me. I think this is great for Halloween. Um, I love slashers. I love mysteries. This has got tons of both of that. Um, Ed, what do we what do we score in this? Uh, I'd give it a seven too. It was a it's a fun watch, but it's not something I'd watch all the time. Um, do you want to? Here's a question. Do you want to know more? Kind of, but not really. Like it's one of those where I'm like, <laughs> I'll just let this go. Yeah, is is this a, is that a reference to uh, was it Starship Troopers where it's like, do you want to know more? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, never mind. Go on. Sorry. No, that's pretty much it. It's it's a fun watch. Good for the season. Not necessarily the greatest. If you want something that you don't have to, um, if you don't care, just stopping when it's done, because there, there's clearly a lot more content you could go absorb. Um, so if that's what if that's your thing, there's plenty for you to enjoy. But for me, I'm I'm pretty much good where we sat. Sweet, yeah, that's I think that's right. I I, I it's like just throw on a, a random arc and just watch that as opposed to watching 26 episodes at times. Like, yeah, just get, something you can have on spooky. in the background during Halloween season if you're trying to be Ooh. cozy and spooky at the same time. But then you would miss so much. I don't. No, I'm talking about for like rewatches, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gizmo, let's kick it over to you, man. I know you got. I, I'm right. I'm excited to hear your score. <laughs> um, yeah. So the thing is, there's a lot of uh, th- there's a lot wrong with the show, in my opinion. Um, the the characters act uh, often act re- very stupid. Like this. Yeah. There's, for example, there's one episode where they make sure to let you know that KG is actually like a genius or something. They are like, oh, there's a scene where um, he and his mother are talking to a teacher and the teacher's like, oh yeah, he's actually super, super smart and it's just because he doesn't like the topics that he has bad grades. But if he really applies himself, then he's like a super smart kid. And then in the episode, he continues. He, he, he that's the episode where he kills the uncle, and his plan for killing the uncle is just he digs a random hole in the ground somewhere in the forest, and then he jumps at the uncle with a baseball bat while the uncle is on a motorbike, and I'm like that's not genius. That's pretty stupid, actually. <laughs> and there, there are constantly scenes where where I think the characters just act like like morons. I'm sorry, and and it kind of brings me out of it. And also, I'm not the biggest fan of the Moe slice of life parts of the show that are there because you need the contrast to the gore and the horror and stuff. Right. That's also pretty boring for me. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I really like the mystery aspect. The mystery aspect really hooked me in, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I don't really connect to the characters. Oh, yeah. And another thing, sorry, um, before I get to the positive. The last negative thing is <laughs> when people when people die, I don't really care in this show because I know we, we're gonna reset anyway. So th- there's there's like the scene where um, Rika is dead at the at the shrine, like Satoko and, and Keiji um, 
discover her dead body. And that's supposed to be like a super impactful scene, right? Because she's lying there in blood and the ravens picking at her corpse and stuff. And it's super bloody and super and dramatic music. But I'm like, yeah, but she's going to be alive next episode anyway again. So it's like, uh, right, the right. impact is not really there. Um, but I really like how they how the mystery is constructed, how how you how you get pieces of the puzzle all the time and you have to you have to pay attention and if you focus then you get rewarded later on because everything plays in its in uh, into each other of the different arcs. It's all interconnected. Uh, and I really like that aspect. But if I'm gonna continue, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't I don't know if I want to sit through another two seasons or so until I get the final answer for this mystery. Uh, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Uh, I did have fun at times, but other time, other episodes were a bit boring for me. Totally understand. That's, That's actually than higher I than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that, man. So that's all good. Mike, take us out with a rating. Okay. So to keep it sorting, it's all about the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing is very good for the show. Uh, it knits together an excellent, mystery a lot of strange things all being tied together um and maybe it is my future bias or future knowledge bias that's biasing this but 8.5 for me me pause out of 10 let's uh, go me pause yeah, that's it i'm gonna me? cut it short because we gotta wrap this puppy up so um yeah you've heard enough from us that's awesome hey Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, check us out on our next episode. We got the fall 2023 impressions. And you know what? If this is your first time joining us, go check out the last year back catalog we've got. We did an awesome uh, Summer of Girlfriend Smackdown series where we reviewed tons of good content, tons of good girlfriend-themed shows. Go, We're super proud of all of that stuff. It's been fun. With that, we'll catch you next, guy, And we'll take you... <laughs> take two there we go goodbye yeah Toodles. let's just say goodbye also leave it all in fuck it let people know that we have fun here that king's not what? perfect we got him we got him what's that oh, noise shit. what was that is that coming was towards that? us do you guys hear that oh I'm sure Gizmo Gizmo, do you have an explanation for uh, this? I come to you guys, not this again. Look, it's it's it probably it's nothing, right? It's just. Oh my God! What is this? Hilfe! Lass mich raus! Lass mich raus! Where's Gizmo going? What's going on? Ah! Ah!